Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, July 24th, 2016. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey. I thank everybody for listening in. Our show is produced through TalkShoe, which provides two ways to be part of the call. You can dial in area code 724-444-7444. TalkCast ID is 75570. You can also join us on the web-based text chat at TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. Uh, we also stream the recording session into Second Life, into uh, Shoreman's Lounge at uh, Cheertopia. So we thank both the Republican Party of Second Life and the uh, Second Life Cheerleading Squad for their support. Uh, now, the live streaming, the recording sessions happen every Sunday night at 9 p.m. If you're listening on Stitcher.com, on Red State Talk Radio, on iTunes, or your favorite podcast player, uh, you can email comments to conservativepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash frontporchpoliticaltalk uh, or on Twitter at ecconservative. Now, um, the website also has all of the past 72 episodes of the show, all of the show notes, links to things that we're going to talk about with one exception, and that is in tonight's show, the transcript for Donald Trump's um, acceptance speech, which we will be going through uh, as the last item on the list of, of articles, uh, you'll have to search for. Sorry. Uh, the version that we are working with uh, is is somewhat edited so that uh, we know what we're going to be talking about. Now, if you have not listened to the podcast in a while or ever before, you know we like to start off with something fun, something interesting, something heartwarming. And and unfortunately, this one isn't really fun uh, unless you know the inside jokes. Um, and, and that is a goat in Alaska was chased to its death by picture takers. Poor goat. A crowd of onlookers snapping pictures of a mountain ghost chased the animal to its death in the small Alaskan town of Seward. Or Seward. Uh, Seward? Seward. Now the division of Alaska State Troopers is asking... It's, it's, named, it's named after the guy who bought Alaska. Okay. Seward's Folly. Okay, go on. Okay. Now the Division of Alaska State Troopers is asking visitors to stay back for your own protection and the protection of the animal. Uh, it, the goat's death was set in motion when it ventured to the south end of Seward Harbor, Breakwater Dyke, on Saturday, according to Peters. Seward Troopers received a report of onlookers harassing a mountain goat, but the white goat was gone by the time troopers arrived. 
A half hour later, another call was received about the goat swimming in the ocean in front of the Sea Life Center. Investigators determined that the large group had followed the animal to the aquarium and the and Marine Mammal Rescue and Rehabilitation Facility, where it jumped into the ocean. They were trying to take they were trying to take a picture or just looking. People came here to see wildlife. Unable to return to the rocky sh- shore because of the people standing there, the goat drowned, according to the to a report of the incident. See what they don't don't realize is that for goats even some fates are just worse than death yeah yeah like and, having your picture taken by a bunch of tourists <laughs> i wonder i i guess now the goat knows what the amish feels like yeah that People like to get close to bears and moose and also goats, Peter said. In a lot of cases, people get mauled or trampled and attacked by the animal. This is the other side of it. It's not uncommon for animals to try to swim and then drown. Alaska State Troopers said it's imperative that wildlife is given adequate space to be able to leave a congested area like downtown Seward. Um, Did, Did you see the YouTube thing about these two fishermen are out in the middle of a lake? And and there's this fawn swimming or swimming across the lake, mm-hmm. and it almost drowned. And the, the one of the fishermen jumped in and rescued the fawn. Yeah. And the and the last picture is him sitting in the boat with the fawn in his lap, cuddled up and sleeping. I thought that was very nice. But but it what it does is it lends credence to what the the Forest Service guy said. Yeah. In a totally unrelated circumstance, here's this fawn swimming across a large lake stupidly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it doesn't always work. No. Um, yeah, it, it's... Weeks ago, we had tourists in uh, Yellowstone who tried to rescue a baby bison. Yep. Which ended up having to be euthanized because it was ejected by its mother. Yeah. Because it stunk. It's no like humans. Stunk of humans. So a cautionary tale of of what of of how to observe wildlife. You do it from afar with a zoom lens. Don't try to chase a goat through downtown Seward. The moral of the story is: don't make goats or alligators your pets, and definitely don't ride into town on an elephant. No, that's that's not a good thing. Especially not when you're trailed by an alligator or a goat. I should tell you, I raised goats for years. They're actually very funny, friendly. Just don't get between the male goat and the girl goat, because he will lower his head and knock you 30 feet. But other than that, they're fine. Yeah. And and as Mandy in, in Second Life pointed out, that was heartwarming. Well, no, that's why I said this one wasn't really a heartwarming type story. But it is one of those odd and obscure ones that uh, that that kind of sets the tone. You know, we're we've gotten through primary season, thank God, and the GOP had their convention finally. Next week is the Republic or is the DNC primary, and so we're we're actually normally on this show we don't always talk about the the mainline mainstream topics that everybody else is talking about. Tonight, we will be. Um, I would uh, like to share a heartwarming story that was revealed to me this afternoon. Does it take Uh, less than 30 seconds? 
Yes, it does. Good. Hurry. I will be voting. And Obama will be voting this November because the New York Post published that Malik Obama, Barack's half-brother, is endorsing Trump for president. Yeah, if he could vote in the United States. Well, he's an American citizen. He he lived in Maryland. He has all the voting rights, even though he lives in Kenya right now. It's an absentee ballot. Okay, all right. Is his well, dad still alive? No. Oh, no, he's been dead for like 30 years. No. Okay, I don't know this stuff, but yeah. yeah. He's probably still voting in Chicago, though. Well, there is there is one Democrat uh, vote that may be a little up in the air, and that is Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Uh, we've talked about Ms. Wasserman Schultz several times in the past, and um, you know when I when I originally posted this it was about the fact that uh her she all of her speaking parts at the dnc uh convention had been canceled it has evolved into the into the news that debbie wasserman schultz announced on sunday that she is stepping down as chairwoman of the democrat national committee at the end of the party's convention which is set to begin on monday The Florida Congresswoman's resignation under heavy pressure from top Democrats comes amid the release of thousands of leaked emails showing DNC staffers favoring Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders in the party's 2016 primary contest. Her announcement that she was leaving had pro-Sanders supporters cheering during a demonstration in Philadelphia and Donald Trump and other Republicans crowing about the disarray among the Democrats. Wasserman Schultz talked with both President Barack Obama and Clinton before making her announcement. So, I you know it's it's funny because one of the hashtags that has come out of the Trump campaign is rigged or system is rigged or rigged system. And apparently, the emails that came out uh, tend to tend tend to validate that statement um as do some of the other items in this in uh in tonight's show i think it is important to know debbie wasserman schultz has been a what's the best word a very vocal and in some cases in some cases vitriolic leader of the dnc um I, we've talked to, on this show, uh, third-party candidates or even Republican candidates that have been trying to oust Ms. Wasserman Schultz and, and, and did, not do so, um, did not do so successfully. So you know, I don't know if she's going to hold on to her, con- her congressional seat. But she is definitely not going to hold on to the leadership of the DNC at this point. Obama told her in his thank you for all the hard work announcement that he would campaign for her in her district. Oh, that's a sure bet that she'll lose. Yeah, it's no. like with with friends like that. <laughs> yeah, and his enemies. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. So goodbye, goodbye, Debbie. Goodbye, Debbie. Fine work. <laughs> yeah, and and you know she's pushed so many things, and 
you know, she was the party chair, uh, even Hillary, uh, even during the Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi Congress. So we have, um, yeah, uh, Senate Democrat leader Harry Reid wanted her out even before the leaked DNC email scandal broke, and House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi wouldn't lift a finger to try and save her, uh, save her House colleague. Sources said. Uh, yeah, so uh, Donna Brazile will serve as interim chair throughout the through the election. It was announced Sunday she has been a CNN political commentator, but CNN and Brazil have mutually agreed to suspend their contract effective immediately, though she will remain on air during the convention week in an unpaid capacity. Isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, I mean, I... I absolutely despised her, mm-hmm. but I despised her because of her effective work for Democrats. Yes. You know, you you, you need an attack dog, you, you need a cobra, <clears throat> and, and she was those things. <laughs> and she, she did it. What? 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 I'm serious. Should, I, I, know, I, I understand. Well. No, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you, but your choice of words initially made me laugh only because some of the people in Second Life have compared her to a poodle. One <laughs> end or the other. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyhow, poodle poodles are nicer than cobras. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. So, anyways, let's let's. Let her R.I.P. herself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So speaking of President Obama, uh, the um, the Secretary of of Housing and Urban Development, Julian Castro, who I just heard a couple of heard a week ago or so on uh, Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, um, is being cleared of any potential charges um, for violating, uh, let's see. The Hatch Act. The Hatch Act. Thank you. Uh, It restricts partisan political activity by federal employees. Uh, Apparently, he was doing an interview at his HUD office, excuse me, and he praised Mrs. Clinton. Um. Apparently, the White House press secretary said Mr. Castro had fessed up to his inadvertent error. Well, that's that's rather nice of him. Let let let's believe we're playing poker, and 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 you you brought this up as your bet, and I will respond to you that I will see your ten dead lawyers and raise you five dead political hacks, because who cares about this? I mean, the only the well, only the, the, only the big deal here is if it was a conservative, they would have crucified him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, no, actually, all the guy did was he one or two sentences complimentary of Mrs. Hinton, Clinton, Clinton, while sitting at his desk, and and you know it. There's been a hundred megawatt hours of electricity spent dabbling about this. Well, this one of the big non- things. Well, it's it's now it is a non-issue. However, um, this was this was released on July ni- on July nineteenth before H- 
Hillary had released the name of her running mate, Tim Kaine. During that point in time, Secretary Castro was in the short list for the vice presidential nod. So that's where this becomes a big deal. We've already had the presidential candidate um, clear. Oh, uh, of, this is this is this is like church hat. I got an amen from the congregation on Second Life. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. But no, you, you, there is a good there is a good point. I mean, if he was in fact into running, uh, it 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 probably took him out. But on the other hand. That's good for the Republicans because look who we got instead. Yeah, I got to. I got to tell you, there's a picture of of Tim Kaine standing next to Hillary Clinton, and they're kind of you know they get their arms behind one arm, one you know like their their left or right you know opposing arms, and I got to describe this visually, but you know they got their arms around each other, and Tim Kaine has a look on his face. This creeper look like I'm grabbing her ass. And Hillary Clinton's got a look on her face like I've got to smile, but this guy's grabbing my ass. And both of them are thinking about taking a shower. Yes. By the, by themselves. Yes. <laughs> oh, so so now we've got um now we've got Debbie Wasserman Schultz out of the DNC leadership structure. Um, Tim Kaine is the vice presidential nominee for the, um, for the Democrats and surprise. I'm going to pull a a goober here. Surprise, surprise, surprise. The DNC rules committee passed unity, passed a unity resolution calling for a commission on superdelegates and caucuses. This is what Bernie Sanders and his supporters wanted out of the wanted out of the uh, convention. If nothing else, the DNC's Rules Convention passed a resolution tonight establishing a Unity Reform Commission, a compromise from the Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton campaigns that would establish a commission next year to review the election and role of superdelegates and caucuses. The resolution was presented to the full committee after a marathon seven-hour-plus meeting that broke twice for recesses and regrouping. The commission will be co-chaired by Clinton and Sanders representatives and will be comprised of nine Clinton appointees, seven Sanders appointees, and three DNC appointees. It will make recommendations to ensure caucuses are protected, less burdensome, and more transparent make recommendations to encourage same-day registration, and make recommendations and revisions to delegate selection rules on superdelegates. And it will do have... You, do you actually believe anything the commission recommends will be done? Mm. They're, pushing on, they're pushing on a rope. The states are independent. That's, that's why some states choose to have no, no, no. caucuses and other states because of other things don't have caucuses. The but, states do but not beyond have the to comply. Beyond the caucuses, the, the, you're right. The states do not have to comply. However, the funding, you know, remember, the Democrats, it's all about the money. Follow the money. The caucuses are funded by the, primary, the, the, the national G- DNC. Do you really think that the, the, the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, is going to not fund... Um, candidates in at risk in particular 
locations. This is all going to go for naught. In the end, the states are going to get to do whatever the heck they want. The, the superdelegates, when they go to the next convention, are not going to approve the changes because they like being superdelegates. And this whole thing is papering over, not, not the picture, they're papering over Sanders' mouth. And that's all that's going on, okay. in my opinion. Well, and, and you may well be right, but it is it, it is part of – and you may well be right. It is part of what the Sanders campaign and Sanders supporters wanted to have happen, and so that brings some of them back into the DNC fold as opposed to either well, not they, voting. They, want, they, they wanted the changes before this convention, and what yeah. they got is a commission to talk about it after the convention, so – I mean, I, I really don't think they won anything. Okay. Well, if, if I'm serious, I mean, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. If it's but. lipstick on a pig, it's lipstick on a pig. We'll 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 figure that out. Okay. Um, now we've we've talked about the whole concept, the the DNC piece. Their convention starts tomorrow, and I honestly don't expect to see as much ugly TV. From the DNC, as we saw from the from the GOP, um, and, and, and you know it's you know they yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think I think I think Limbaugh's the one that that coined the phrase, or maybe he's he's just one that repeats it that um, the, the conventions are TV for the ugly political people. Um, See, I, I take a completely different tact on this. Mm-hmm. Much to everybody's surprise and disgust, the, the Republicans got together, had, and they had been beforehand declared to be irrevocably split and divided, and and they had several people talking about third party candidates. They had the academia intelligentsia from the Weekly Standard proclaiming Trump to be dead. And everybody knew that the convention was going to be contested, and it was just going to fall apart. And, of course, this is all the liberal commentators talking heads on TV, wishful thinking. And, indeed, much to their delight, it looked like it was actually going to happen Mm -hmm. for about an hour. For about an hour. And, And to their annoyance, it all got patched up. They had the great kumbaya moment. And and they booed Cruz off the stage. So mm-hmm. in the end, the ca- the chaos that everybody predicted to be the death of the Republican Party, at least for the next twelve elections, turned out to be a moment of supreme triumph. I agree. They came together. They did democracy. They did democracy in the extreme, and they did it successfully on the floor in front of the entire nation. Fully transparently. Yep. I dare the Democrats to match that. Hmm, 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 hmm. You know they won't. Of course not. You know they won't. I mean this whole this whole Wasserman Schultz thing. The reason she's not up there is because they don't want because because she got transparent by accident. They you know the, the the Russians hacked her emails and released them through WikiLeaks or something. <laughs> this has so many parallels. It ninety. It's ridiculous. You had the Republican convention that was contested, even though 
Ronald Reagan came out the victor. You have the idea that John Anderson was going to run third party. Then on the Democrat side, you had Ted Kennedy, who was seeking the nomination against Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter ended up coming out the victor, victorious in that convention. But that whole time between the election and the convention, you had two candidates who lost their primaries opting for third party. In the end, John Anderson backed Reagan and Kennedy backed Carter. And we all know the outcome of that election. But this party politics game is nothing new. It's been something that's been played for decades now. It's yeah. just we have a media that is eating up content, so they're going to stir the pot, per se. Well, they were, on, they were on cocaine. They were wishful thinking all of this. You know, they were hoping to, to see the, the, the complete fracturing of the Republican Party. And in fact, what they actually saw was the Republican Party doing really good work and, and getting everybody in the boat again and sailing off toward victory. I mean, they all jumped on their swords. Yeah, and I think Cruz, you know, it's it's funny because you brought up the Cruz speech and the the the, the feedback and the response that Cruz got and that even even what Cruz, what never Trumpers are left, you know, because part of we we talked about this last week, you know, they tried to push for a roll call vote um for the nominating process. They tried to push in changes during the acceptance of the rules, which is nor which is a voice vote. They tried to push a roll call vote for acceptance of the rules, and the the hope of the Never Trumpers was that they were going to, and I'm using that that term, you know, because that's that's the media term. You know what I, you know, it's it's those people opposed to Trump ever being nominated. Uh, as the GOP candidate, um, <clears throat> they tried to push for a floor vote on accepting the rules because their hope was that it would be denied so that they could then in turn change the rules to allow the delegates to, and I'm going to use their catchphrase, vote their conscience on the first round of votes for nominating Donald Trump. That was their hope. Actually. That's not what happened. That's, no, that, because that's what that's what the, the the liberal media was saying. But in the back rooms that we didn't get to see, they changed it, and and the the uh, the the uh, Cruz people agreed that what they would push for was a change in the rules that would set Cruz up for 2020. They they abandoned any hope of getting what they needed for 2016. Well, they knew they couldn't get it. And, well, yeah, but but the so the the floor fight was about 2020. It wasn't about 2016, and and they were really upset briefly over the fact that they didn't get the grease the skids for Cruz in 2020. Right. Didn't we see? And in, and in fact, I mean, well, the, 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 what? Go ahead. Yeah, this is this is literally what happened in 2012 to the Ron Paul people. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is literally what happened to them. That's true. You're yep. right. And there were, I'm sure there were a lot of Ron Paul people this year saying, "Yeah, this doesn't feel really good, familiar. does it?" You really—it doesn't feel very good, does it? You really want to kill a party? 
let Ted Cruz or Ron Paul in 2012 walk out the nut. Well, Ron Paul's not going to do anything. He's too old no, by no, this no. point. I'm saying at, in 2012. Let them have walked out with the nomination. You have the voice of the people who are being subjugated by a bunch of wackos who want to take over the convention. And that's what you had. You want to kill a party very quickly? You do that. And not only if Donald Trump was not the nominee come today, do you honestly think whoever they put in as the nominee would have would win? No. Well, I mean that's that's the joke about the the, yeah, yeah, the weekly is. standard guys. Be they weird. they know in their academic wizardry that what they were wishing for would guarantee an absolute liberal Supreme Court for the next four decades. And they still stuck to their intelligentsia cocaine uh, and, and self-congratulatory mirror-looking uh, and, and insisted that Trump was not acceptable. They don't care about the consequences of, of their positions. They just want everybody to know how clever they are. And you're right, but nobody gave a damn. Um, so I'm going to take us off. They were pushing for it anyways. I'm going to take us down a little tangent because the thought just occurred to me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I, I, a few weeks back, I was I was watching Donald Trump. I was watching the whole, you know, all of this stuff going on. And, and the thought occurred to me. Donald Trump has been compared to a number of number of people. The one, the one that I never hear him compared to is the one that pops into my head, and that's Roosevelt. Not Franklin, Theodore. You're right. That's a, that's a good one. I hadn't thought of that either. Because when you look at how he presents, when you look at you know his 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 airs of his bluster, his bluster, his bluster, his concepts, he strikes me as the next Teddy Roosevelt. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just wanted to make that it's a bad thing. Well, yeah, it's, it's oh. a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, because I think wasn't. No, Roosevelt was a Republican. If I remember right. Yeah, he was a oh, Republican. Oh, did also, you see the movie he, World War, World War Z? No. You should look up the concept uh, of the, of the tenth man. I'm not going to tell you about it here, but you're the tenth man. Look, look uh, it up. Look at look can, at look at Teddy's what he did. Never mind what he did as president because he did run again. He ran three times on the Progressive Party. No, on the Bull Moose Bull Party. On the he ran on the Bull they, Moose Party. The, he he created he created his own because he was. You know, here's the thing: Donald yeah, this, Trump is that, not a conservative. Not a oh, hold on, hold on a second. Oh, he isn't. Donald Trump is not a conservative. He is more of a more of a middle of the road or even slightly liberal Republican. He's a populist. He's a populist. But the comparison that I the reason that I make the comparison and I'm not saying that's a good thing. The reason that I make the comparison between him and Teddy Roosevelt is because of his bombast, because of his self-assuredness, because of how he carries himself, how he presents himself. And I'm not I'm not arguing with the characterization. I think it's a fine one. I'm just saying Teddy Roosevelt is not a guy you want people to seek to emulate. Tell that to Donald Trump. But yes, I know. 
Teddy Roosevelt left the left the office of the what president. What he's saying, to, what he's saying, what Toa was is saying is that you may have thought that there was a little bit of a compliment built in what you said, and Toa was saying, no, it's actually a pretty severe criticism. And I think you're both right. I think you both have a point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because, I, because, I, because Teddy I Roosevelt... Have, I should have been a diplomat. Yes, you should have. I see more parallels between Reagan and Trump than people are going to admit. If you remember, Reagan, for 20 years prior to his election as president, went on national speaking circuits, that's telling good. the American people what the problem in this country was. Yeah, but Donald Trump's but, been doing the same Trump's, thing. For Trump's never years. done that. No, Trump's never done that. Trump spent the last twenty years being a media whore. I could give you. I yep. could give you video. Trump has no, been so, out there saying very high paid whore. Yeah. Has been saying for twenty five years. I saw a YouTube video this afternoon that had, by date, certain shows that he had gone on for the last 25 years, and he's saying the same things as he's saying today. He's finally got to the point where he's had enough and decided to run for president. Well, and that's that's and great, fine, and wonderful. But I, I, I almost guarantee you the reason that that, obsc- that that your YouTube video has gone out and collected single-shot interviews spread out over a period of 25 years is so that people can, can acknowledge that as opposed to how many seasons of Celebrity Apprentice and of The Apprentice and of didn't he host the, the Miss Universe or the video that I saw of him on WWF, World Wrestling Federation, where he's sitting there beating the other owner over the head, head with a chair. Well, how many movies did Ronald Reagan do with a monkey? Okay, so so they're, they're, they're media celebrities. That is a correlation, and I will agree with you on that. There's also the fact that Ronald Reagan was originally a Democrat. Look it up. I love well, the I things that. I love the things that Ronald Reagan did as president, and the things that he supported as 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 a conservative. I don't see the strength of character in Donald Trump that that we saw in Ronald Reagan. I don't. So let's let, let's move on because because I do want to spend you know quite a bit of time on the on the Donald Trump speech because we've got a number of a, a number of pieces from the speech that we're going to talk about um, and I've linked to the the Politifact Truthometer and a word of caution when you're looking at any when you're looking at any fact-checking organization, regardless of their orientation, there is a level of bias in their interpretation of the data. So as we look at things um, that they have labeled half-true or somewhat true, you know, that we're talking about, we, we we will take into account the fact that, you know, why PolitiFact, at least PolitiFact is nice enough to tell us why they labeled it as something so that we can look at it and go, uh, no, or, oh, okay, that's one way to look at it. So so what we did was between um, 
between Larry, Toa, myself. I had my microphone turned off. I'm screaming, and I had my microphone off. Uh-oh. Look at the answers in the PolitiFact thing. Mm-hmm. Against their better judgment. They're against the fact that their mother is going to disown them, against the fact that they're going to have to relinquish their burial plots in in the, <laughs> they, the cemeteries they, they've chosen. They, they still have to say half true. <laughs> well, they in the end, they said mostly true. Yes. If you average it all out, they came to the conclusion with the bias that they said what he said was mostly true. I mean, well, add it all up. They it killed him, but they gave to him a mostly true, yeah, which is as good as it frickin' gets in at a at a convention speech. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's so let's let's start. I'm not going to pull in audio clips from the um, from the speech mainly because that much applause would would kill up all the remaining time on its own. So Donald Trump stands up. So thanks the group and starts talking and his speech with the applause lines and with the um, with the single protester that managed to get in. I don't know how that happened. Um, had pants over pink underwear. Clocked on, clocked in at an hour and fifteen minutes. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump in and I'm gonna read paragraphs of of highlighted sections. This one is. Um, is is Larry's. Together we will lead our party back to the White House and we will lead our country back to safety, prosperity, and peace. We will be a country of generosity and warmth, but we will also be a country of law and order. Our convention occurs at a moment of crisis for our nation. The attacks on our police and the terrorism of our cities threaten our very way of life. Any politician who does not grasp this danger is not fit to lead our country. Larry, go ahead. Okay. Um, basically, if you look at the whole speech, uh, the speechwriter who helped him with this was doing public speaking 101. Mm-hmm. He essentially told the folks what he was going to tell them, and then he told them, and then he told them what he had told them. Yep. Which I, that should sound very familiar to you. Yes, it is. Yes, and, power writing. I hate huh? power. It was called power writing when you were in elementary school. I hated that. So stilted. <laughs> but. You know, he, this is what they did. I mean, you know, and they, they fancied it up pretty well, but that's basically what he did. It, so in the first part of his speech, he named four subjects mm-hmm. uh, uh, that he was going to embellish later on. The first one was law and order, which is the thing you just quoted. Mm-hmm. There was the economy. There was foreign affairs and also immigration. If you look at those areas that I highlighted at the beginning, it was those four topics. He said... I'm going to talk about those four topics, and then he kind of laid the groundwork. So, and, and the fact that he put law and order first was somebody's estimation that in the, in the hearts of Americans today, law and order safety is more important than anything else. It's going to get more votes than anything else. Somebody decided to put that first in the speech. So... I'm, whether you agree or not, that's the note. That That's the analysis point if we're trying to figure out where Trump is coming from. The first thing he mentioned in his speech is law and order and the crisis that our country is in. Yeah, and... And, and, and that, that telegraphs, that's where his campaign is going to be. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and honestly, I think you're right. It was it was very smart speech writing. Um, it was also very smart delivery because he did the standard uh, make every line an applause line. I'm sitting here listening to the thing, going, "Okay, come on, stop clapping." But <laughs> well, that that's why I, I didn't watch the speech because it's full of fluff. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to be distracted by the theater. Yeah. I much I would much rather just look at the text. This is what he actually said. These yep. are his real words. Yep. So that's my recommendation for True. the rest of the True. And I had to listen to I had to listen to the man say, Not so good, not so good about fifteen times. So <laughs> it's it, yeah. it, it yeah. frustrating. You know, it, it is um it is interesting because, uh, you know, the PolitiFact article says the Republican Party has a new sheriff. And that's that, that kind of ties in. And the, the overarching overall thing is law and order. Um, you know, the, the fact that he mentions – and this is an interesting contrast because we are seeing – the American people are actually seeing the contrast between – you know the the GOP and the Republican Party and Trump as a candidate and the DNC and the Democrat Party and Clinton as a candidate, not just from you know their their glitz and their glam of the speech, but also who they're referencing and who is included in the speech. So he mentions the attacks on our police, and he he mentions later on that he has the endorsement of of, of you know various police unions. Um. Clinton and the NRA and the NRA Clinton on the other hand has the mothers of five of the mothers of five people that have been shot by police you could not get a, a better comparative analysis a better you know a, a better you know, mirror opposite from a from a convention, it's it's insane. And and the amazing thing is, is that the Philadelphia police, and I don't have the article to list this, but the Philadelphia police are pissed at the DNC that they are including the mothers of the people shot by police officers and not saying anything about the police officers that were shot. <laughs> so, live live and learn, guys. Yeah. So let's go yeah. to the. Go ahead. Go ahead. Advising the Trump campaign, I would say, look at the last few weeks. You had shootings in Baton Rouge and in Dallas. You had a terrorist attack in Nice, France, and this was only hours before the Republican convention. So why not make that fear of unrest in this country, both foreign and domestic, a top priority? I think what Trump's speech was really meant to do was to summarize the entire theme of the Republican convention. The first night you had make America safe again. The second night, make America work again. Make America unified again. Make America great again. And that that one speech summarized the whole convention. But if you were to look at the American populace, their mindset is only a few weeks. They don't care what happened six months ago. They're going to look at really recent history. And if you are a Republican or any party, and you want to put a realistic sense of what's going on in the country, you exploit those things that happened only a few weeks ago. 
you exploit the fact that terrorist attacks happened in Nice and in Paris, or you exploit the fact that you had cops that were killed in Baton Rouge or uh, Dallas, or terrorist attacks in Orlando or San Bernardino. You exploit those things because you want to make the American people know that you're going to keep them safe. And at this time, there are a lot of people who are fearing for their lives in this country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and as a matter of fact, the next the next quote uh, is also Larry's poll, um, and and it kind of speaks to this. The number of police officers killed in the line of duty has risen by almost 50 percent compared to this point last year. Nearly 180,000 illegal immigrants with criminal records ordered deported from our country are tonight roaming free to threaten peaceful citizens. The number of new illegal immigrant families who have crossed the border so far this year already exceeds the entire total from 2015. They are being released by the tens of thousands into our communities with no regard for the impact on public safety resources. Um, so, you know, the the interesting, you know, this isn't... This is where the bias of fact-checking comes in, because of those 180,000 illegal immigrants with criminal records, uh, one source that I found saw, pointed out that, oh, well, they, they don't have – they've got nonviolent criminal records. See, that's just not true. They're rapists and murderers and child abusers. Well, some of them. Some of them. But not all of them. Some of them well, are, of but not, not all of them. There is no such thing as all. The world is not black and white. Everything has a Yeah, but he never curve. seems to mention any percentages. You know, we could spend our whole frickin' life talking about the tails of the bell curve, whereas yes, our, intellectually, maybe we need to focus on the medians. Yeah, I would love to focus on the median. That's not what he's doing. He is picking the end, end tails of the bell curve. Not you that he ever tells anyone. It. You need to wait it. A, a, a free-running murderer is a very heavy thing. He is worth m how many law-abiding immigrant, uh, illegal immigrants? A hundred? A thousand? Ten? I don't know. But it's not one-to-one. -one. How, how many law-abiding immigrants justify the presence of a, of a vicious murderer set free? How he, many law-abiding non-immigrants justify a murderer set free. You're switching gears. Better a hundred go the, free than an innocent man in prison. You're changing the subject. You started this, Tola. You wanted to talk about uh, the, 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 when I said let's talk about the medians, you, you wanted to point out that we'd, let's just talk about the medians. The fact is that it's a weighted curve. And uh, the, um, every population is far more worried about the murderers and the rapists among them than the regular law-abiding people. And, and, and Obama's trick is to say, let's not look at all of the bad people over here. And there are very many very bad people on, on the tails of the curve. Let's just look at the middle good people. They're just like you. They're just like me. Well, that's true. But on the other hand, in, we, our own murderers and rapists, we lock up and keep them there, or we try. But if you're an illegal immigrant, we set you free five, six, ten times. That's the problem, and that's the crisis, and that was a major part of of Trump's speech. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the well, you, the point to talk about it is if it's some massive thing. But the fact is, you're still by orders of magnitude more likely to die in a car crash or a heart attack or 
getting run over by an elephant. Well, and maybe not that one. Right, but the point right. is, the point is, there, is that you're still dead. Yeah, but you are <laughs> yeah. much more likely to be dead by a bunch of the other. Now, I agree. The question of whether or not a particular person who has committed murder is why they are free. That that's a very good question. But it's not. It is not valid to claim that just because one happened to be a murderer or some percentage happened to be murderers, we must automatically assume that they all are, which is, I know he's not saying it. He damn sure is implying it, and he knows damn well people are taking it that way. And he's running for office. He's running for office. You know, if, if, if what he's saying is, if we used our brains, if we just used common sense, and if we found an illegal e- alien, e- illegal immigrant jaywalking, screw it. I'm not going to worry about it. But we find illegal immigrants murdering and killing five, six, ten times, and we turn them free over and over and over again. I don't care whether they are way out on the tail of the curb. That's if- a serious mistake that needs to be corrected, and we do not currently have the political wherewithal to correct those serious mistakes. Yeah, if if you if they are genuinely letting murderers out just as easily as he makes it out to be, then yes, there true. is a very Look big problem. I, no, I don't believe it. It's true. I don't. Well, you don't have to believe it. I mean, they actually count the number of times they have turned them loose. They count the number of times the guy, uh, an individual, got deported and came back and again committed some type of major felony. Over and over again, they because don't. They, what's happening? They, they can't, here's here's why he's getting. They can't here's why they're getting released. Where they, here's why they, they're getting released because they are doing a catch and release. They catch the people, see the immigration status is illegal, and then take them to the nearest border and and release them on the other side and say, here. And they 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 so they're hand not them over. actually convicted. Are not, they doing that to? Do, are they doing that to people that they actively suspect have murdered someone? Do they do that to someone with an active case? Don't know. I seriously doubt that they do. They they never they never initiate what you're looking for. They never initiate due process. They catch the guy with blood on his hands, and because of the Fed regulations, they do everything they can to get him off their list. They take them to the border. Sometimes they just turn them loose in a sanctuary city, which is what happened to the, to the young lady who got murdered on the boardwalk down there. The, the guy had been released, a known predator, several times. I mean, he was, it was in the police blotter. This guy had been captured and released several times in San Francisco, in the sanctuary city. And he finally just walked up to this woman and blew her brains out. For reasons that will never never be clear. Now, it, we this is not statistics. This is is this sufficient to have a crisis? Do we have enough of this going on where just because it's only one in a thousand of uh, illegal immigrants, does that mean it's not a crisis? It Sounds is like a crisis. statistics to me. Just because 
you know, if you if you look at South Chicago and you say, you know, the more majority of the people who live in South Chicago are are scared to death. They can't go out after dark. They're afraid to go shopping for groceries. They they have trouble feeding their children because they can't go out and buy food. I mean, that's not their fault. Does that mean South Chicago doesn't have a crisis? South Chicago's in frickin' crisis caused by a, a, a thin slice of the population living in South Chicago. That just because it's a thin slice does not mean it is not a crisis. And and Trump had the balls to declare that this country is going through a major crisis. He's not saying 79% of illegal immigrants are criminals. He's saying there are a sufficient number of very serious criminals hidden within the illegal immigrants, primarily because they're escaping prison terms in their own country, to cause a crisis in the United States. And that is absolutely unassailable. I it think. is unassailable. Unfortunately, so is the clock. Um, Larry, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you were right. Um, and about I th- about the Which fact that we I'm... would not have time to talk about even a tenth of the speech. We got through two sections. Let's go back and do the rest. I mean, I, I think it's worth doing. I think we it can is. maybe compare the, compare the speeches because we're going to have Hillary's acceptance speech next week, right? Yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. The other thing that I'm going to do is I will take these subsections and post them on the Facebook page along with comments from Larry. If you can send them to me via email. Uh, Toa via email, uh, Joseph via email, and we'll put those on the Facebook page between now and the next episode. Uh, I don't do Facebook. I know, but if you can email them to me, I will. Okay. Okay. So, All right. Yeah, we and 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 just so we know, J- uh, Larry is firmly planted in the pulpit again. Charlize in Second Life said, "Preach it, sure." Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, there there were a number of items that we that we had picked from the speech that we wanted to talk about. The the clock does not allow it. Um, check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Front Porch Political Talk. Between now and next Sunday, we will be posting other comments on other subsections of the of the speech, um, and we'll we'll get those on uh, on the website or on, on Facebook so that we can have that as part of the conversation and then maybe we'll reference them again in future article or in future episodes. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. Um thank you for all of the support uh and uh all of the encouragement uh that we get. Uh if you liked what you heard, we want to blog we want to ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends, follow us on Facebook. Oh, and if you don't see posts from our from our Facebook page, Make sure to go on and turn on notifications for our Facebook page uh, in order to see those. Uh, if you don't like what you heard, you know what? Well, we'll invite you to join us again next week. We will be talking about the DNC convention as well as some other articles. And there may or may not be different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a great night.
Good night, Chuck. Congratulations on being a super delegate. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.